God bless, ladies and gentlemen. God bless. This is your brother, Jesse Jarab. And this is your show, Christian Thoughts. Interesting and inspiring topics on being a Christian, but still being human. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the season premiere of Christian Thoughts. Glory to God. We are now on season three of your show, Christian Thoughts. Glory to God for that. Praise God for that today. We are going to continue our theme of jealousy. I know it's kind of weird that I'm starting season three with a continuance of the last topic. But today we're going to be going into more detail as to um, God's jealousy. We talked about the difference between our jealousy and God's jealousy last week. Today we're going to go in more detail as to God's jealousy. Um, so ladies and gentlemen, let us start, let us start right now with, and we will go to the book of Exodus, Exodus chapter 20, I believe it is, Exodus chapter 20. We all know this as the Ten Commandments. Now, what does the Ten Commandments have to do with God's jealousy? You'll soon find out. But before, but of course, after, I should say, after we read Exodus 20, where we start, we will start with our commencing prayer before the uh, actual conversation. <laughs> so, let us start, ladies and gentlemen. Exodus chapter 20, if you will come with me, if you have your Bibles, Exodus chapter 20, verse 1 through... 18, verse 1 through 18, and here we go, in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, it says, Then God gave the people all these instructions. I am the Lord your God who rescued you from the land of Egypt, the place of your slavery. Oh, I'm, by the way, I'm reading in the New Living Translation. Verse 3 says, You must have not have any other God but me. You must not have any other God but me. That is one. Two, you must not make for yourself an idol of any kind or an image of anything in the heavens or on the earth or on the sea. You must not bow down to them or worship them. For I, the Lord your God, am a jealous God, who will not tolerate your affection for any other gods. That's the key. I lay the sins of the parents upon their children. Their entire family is affected. Even children in the third and fourth generations of those who reject me. But I lavish unfailing love for a thousand generations on those who love me and obey my commandments. You must not misuse the name of the Lord your God. The Lord will not let you go unpunished if you misuse His name. Remember to observe the Sabbath day by keeping it holy. 
You have six days each week for your ordinary work, but the seventh is a Sabbath day of resting dedicated to the Lord your God. On that day, no one in your household may do any work. This includes your sons and daughters, your male and female servants, your livestock, and any foreigners living and among you. For in six days the Lord made the heavens, the earth, the sea, and everything in them, but on the seventh day he rested. That is why the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and set it apart as holy. Honor your father and mother, then you will live a long, full life in the land of the Lord, in the land the Lord your God has given you. Excuse me. 13. You must not murder. 14. You must not commit adultery. You must not steal. You must not falsely testify against your neighbor. You must not covet your neighbor's house. You must not covet your neighbor's wife, male or female servant, ox or donkey, or anything else that belongs to your neighbor. When the people heard the thunder and the loud blast of the ram's horn, and when they saw the flashes of lightning and smoke billowing from the mountain, they stood at a distance, trembling with fear. Dear God, we give you thanks for another beautiful, wonderful day. We give you thanks, God, for another um God, another day that you have made, and as the word says, we will rejoice and be glad in it. We ask God, as always, that anyone who listens to this podcast exclusive episode of Christian Thoughts, may they be blessed by the word. May they be blessed. May they be transformed. May they learn something new. May they learn not to make you jealous. May they learn not to have any other gods besides you. May they learn something new from your word. May they learn how to honor you and to trust you and put, to put you ahead of anything else. We ask this, God, in the name above all names, this names of your son, in the name of your son, Jesus Christ, for the glory of your name. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Well, ladies and gentlemen, in a minute, we'll be having our brother, Brother James, with us with this portion of Christian Thoughts. Now, that is, that is in a few minutes. That is in a few minutes. Um, and as I said, today's topic is a part two to God's jealousy is not our jealousy. A more in-detail topic, a more in-detail topic of what we talked about last week about the difference between God's jealousy and our jealousy. We talked about that last week. We said that our jealousy, ladies and gentlemen, was different because God had holy jealousy because He didn't want to be, He didn't want anyone else to have any God before Him because He was God, because He was the one true God. And we talked about, ladies and gentlemen, how our jealousy is different because, because when we think of jealousy, we think of something that we want for ourselves and not for anybody else. We think that we, we, we think of something that we want for ourselves. We think of something that we need for ourselves and not for anybody else. That somebody else can't have it, but we can. We think of jealousy or envy. We envy the person that that has the thing, the car, the house, the job, the land, the you know animals, whatever the case may be that we want. But ladies and gentlemen, we just read it 
God's jealousy is above all. The first and foremost commandment is not to have any other God besides Him. That is the first commandment. That is the first commandment, ladies and gentlemen. That is the first commandment out of ten, which says a lot. It says a lot, ladies and gentlemen. It says that we cannot have any other God besides Him. We cannot have any other God besides God. We cannot put any anything else before God because God is a jealous and powerful God. Verse 5, you must not bow down to them or worship them for I, the Lord your God, am a jealous God who will not tolerate your affection for any other gods. I lay the sins of the parents upon their children. The entire family is affected. Even children in the third and fourth generations of those who reject me. That is the first commandment and the second commandment. For a reason. You must not make for yourself any idol of any kind or any image of anything in the heavens or on the earth or in the sea. Why couldn't we make and why couldn't they make and why can't we make images of those that the, the things that are have in the heavens or the earth or the sea? Because automatically we become idolaters by worshipping or enjoying too much that uh, specific image. We put, we make an image of that thing. We make an image of that item. We make an image of that animal, of that creature, or whatever that we made an image of. And we worship it. We praise it. We make an idol out of it. And that is not what God wants. That is the exact opposite of what God wants, ladies and gentlemen. That is the exact opposite of what God wants. So remember, ladies and gentlemen, we must not make any other God. We must not have any other God before God, and we must not make any idol of any kind or any image of any kind, ladies and gentlemen, because then we become then we become what the Bible says not to be, and that is idolaters and adulterers. Why do we become idolaters and adulterers? Well, the Bible says we must not commit adultery, and when we commit adultery, it's when we have, when we have something else besides the person or thing that we're supposed to have in the first place. In this case, God. We are adultering against God because we are supposed to put God ahead of anything and we put something else or someone else ahead of God and that's adultery in the eyes of the Lord. Idolatry is adultery in the eyes of the Lord. I heard it best from a movie, a great movie of mine that said, God's point of view is so different than man. God's point of view is so much different than man that he sees hatred as murder and he sees idolatry as adultery, as fornication. We are fornicating against the Lord and we have any other God besides him. Santo de Dios.
What can be classified, ladies and gentlemen, as any other God? What can be classified, ladies and gentlemen, as something else or another God besides God? That can uh, that can be, ladies and gentlemen, that can be anything. Anything that we put ahead of God is a God. We said it last week. We talked about it last week. We talked about that God says that he is a jealous God. And because of this, he puts, he classifies anything that we have ahead of him as our God, as our idol. We call singers today our idols. They even have a show about it. They even have shows on idols, on singers, on, on, you know, people with talent. We make them our idols. We make other men, other men and women our idols instead of God. We put those singers, those, uh, uh, um, you know, fighters, those teams, maybe a football team, maybe a basketball team. Um, let's use, for example, my favorite team. My favorite team, my favorite team here is the Carolina Panthers with NFL. I'm a huge, very big Panther fan. But I cannot put those Panthers, I cannot put the team of the Panthers ahead of God. I cannot say, oh, I can't go to church because I'm going to watch the Panthers game. Oh, I can't do this because for God because I want to watch the Panthers game. That's automatically putting the Panthers, putting football, but putting the TV, whatever the case, however you want to put it, ahead of God. That is not what God wants from our lives. That is the exact opposite of what God wants in our lives, ladies and gentlemen. That is the exact opposite of what God wants for our lives. So my friends, we must always put God first, always. Always put God first. There were, there are countless, countless times where the Bible says that God is a jealous God, that God doesn't want any other God besides Him. Israel. In the book of Jeremiah, we can read it. In the book of Jeremiah, we can read the times and the and and the destruction that God promised because they put they put their idols their gods ahead of God as a matter of fact let's go to the book of Jeremiah and you'll see what I'm talking about Jeremiah verse chapter 13 if you will and why am I using chapter 13? Uh, is because, um, well, you'll see. You'll see why I'm, why I'm using chapter 13, but let's read it. It says, This is what the Lord said to me, Go and buy a linen cloth and put it on, but do not wash it. So I bought the loin, the loin cloth, excuse me, as the Lord directed me, and I put it on. Then the Lord gave me another message. Take the, loin, the linen loin cloth you are wearing and go to the Euphrates River. Hide it there in the hole in the rocks. 
So I went and hid it by the Euphrates as the Lord had instructed me. A long time afterward, the Lord said to me, Go back to the Euphrates, get the loin cloth I told you to hide there. So I went to Euphrates and dug it out of the hole where I'd hidden it. But now it was rotting and falling apart. The loincloth was good for nothing. Then I received this message from the Lord. This is what the Lord says. This shows how it will rot away the pride of Judah and Jerusalem. These wicked people refuse to listen to me. They stubbornly follow their own desires and worship other gods. There it is, ladies and gentlemen, verse 10. They stubbornly follow. These wicked people refuse to listen to me. They stubbornly follow their own desires and they worship other gods. Therefore, they become like this loincloth. Good for nothing. As a loincloth clings to a man's waist, so I created Judah and Israel to cling to me, says the Lord. They will be to my people, my pride, my glory, and honor to my name, but they will not listen to me. So tell them, this is what the Lord, the God of Israel says. May all your jars be filled with wine and they will reply, of course, jars are made to be filled with wine. Then tell them, no, this is what the Lord means. I will fill everyone in this land with drunkenness. From the king sitting on David's throne to the priests and prophets, right down to the common people of Jerusalem. I will smash them against each other, even parents against children, says the Lord. I will not let my pity or mercy or compassion keep me from destroying them. God was going to destroy Judah and Jerusalem for their pride, for their prejudice, for their, ladies and gentlemen, idolatry for their adultery for their fornication against God the first commandment to them was not to make any other gods besides God not to worship any other gods besides him and that's exactly what they did and because of that ladies and gentlemen because of it God decided to destroy Judah and Jerusalem. God decided to destroy Judah and Jerusalem because of that. We'll be back, ladies and gentlemen, when our brother James uh, calls in for today's episode. God bless you, Brother James. Glad you're with us. Uh, yes, sir. God bless. Thanks for having me again. Uh, yes, sir. Yes, sir. Now, Brother James, we are talking about we are talking about um, God's jealousy and how and how a basically a part two of last week's topic of God's jealousy is not ours. And I just read. The Ten Commandments and the first commandment of them all was not to make gods besides God or not to worship any other gods besides God because God was a jealous God. Now, and I said that that, ladies and gentlemen, that is that is for a reason. That's why it was the first commandment ever 
That's why it's the first commandment, because God is a super jealous God. And the reason it's the first commandment is because he knows he needs to be number one. And I was given the example, Brother James, of how we, how we, or I was given the example of how I am a Panthers fan, and, um, and I say, and, and I say how I, I'm a big Panthers fan, but I can't say I'm not gonna go to church, or I'm not gonna do this for God, I'm not gonna do that for God, because I need to see the Panthers game, or I need to see the game on TV, or I need to do this, because that automatically is putting, um, the Panthers, or putting the NFL, putting football, or anything, or TV, if you even want to put it like that, before God, it's putting a, it's putting it's putting it ahead of God, and that's exactly what God doesn't want. Now, do you have anything to add to this? Um, absolutely. Um, I I definitely agree with um, everything that was just said, uh, and. My my opinion, the reason why God is so jealous is because he basically created everything. Amen. So he he absolutely deserves the right to be number one before anything else. Amen. You're right. Um, so then it it really just brings up a sense of priority uh, prioritizing. Yes, sir. Of you know life. Um, and like you said, you can't just put the, the NFL or Netflix or, you know, Hulu in front of God and expect God to be completely okay with it. Amen. That's right. <laughs> uh, you, you have to, you have to line up your, your priorities and you have to, you basically have to admit and acknowledge what comes first and then what's supposed to follow thereafter. Yes, sir. So you, you don't wanna you don't wanna get yourself caught up with putting, you know, T V shows or um material materialistic items in front of God and not expect God to, you know, basically tell you off about it. Yeah. And and, and glory to God and praise God that he was that that God um has become more merciful after after um jesus Jesus died and resurrected um don't get me twisted, ladies and gentlemen. I'm not saying that Jesus or that God has changed God is the same God, but it's because of what Jesus d- did on the cross two thousand or so years ago that God has become more merciful and and that makes him. And that says, ladies and gentlemen, and the reason I bring that up is because we don't want to end up like Judah and Jerusalem, who God decided, what we just read, God decided in the book of Jeremiah to destroy Judah and Jerusalem because of their idolatry, because they were worshiping other gods. We just read it. Now imagine if Jesus, imagine if God had said that to the U.S. or God had said that to any other uh, uh, country out there that is that is having idolatry, that is putting um, their needs before God, or be putting what they want ahead of God. 
Now imagine they, that God said that to the U.S. or said that to any other country out there. We would be shaking in our boots. Honestly, I would. <laughs> I don't know about you. I mean, think about that. And here's another example. If we go back, uh, we just read Exodus 20, but now if we go jump ahead to Exodus chapter 32 of the golden calf, the story of the golden calf, when, when, you'll see. <laughs> Here we go. Exodus chapter 32, verse 1, uh, and we'll, we'll see where God leads us. Verse 1 says, when the people saw how long was taking Moses to come back down the mountain, they gathered around Aaron. Come on, they said. Make us some gods who can lead us. We don't know what happened to this fellow Moses who brought us here from the land of Egypt. So Aaron said, take the gold rings from the ears of your wives and sons and daughters and bring them to me. All the people took the gold rings from their ears and brought them to Aaron. Then Aaron took the gold, melted it down, and molded it into the shape of a calf. When people saw it, they exclaimed, O Israel! These are the gods who brought you out of the land of Egypt. Mm. Now, that was Aaron's first mistake right there. <laughs> I don't know, but that was Aaron's, for me, that was Aaron's first mistake. I know he was being, you know, um, persuaded by the land of, uh, by the people of Egypt, by the people of Israel, excuse me. Um, but it's, it's amazing though. Even after they they just got the Ten Commandments like 20 chapters before, or 10, excuse me, not even, 12 chapters before, and now they're already going against, they're already going against the, 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 the Word of God. They're already going against the commandments by making this golden calf and saying, this is the God. Or these are the gods that brought you to the land of Egypt instead of God himself. Check this out. It says in verse 5, Aaron saw how excited the people were, so he built an altar in front of the calf. Then he announced, Tomorrow will be a festival to the Lord. The people got up early the next morning to sacrifice burnt offerings and peace offerings. After this, they celebrated with feasting and drinking, and they indulged in pagan Revelry. Pagan. Revelry. Aaron said it was going to be a festival to God. And they decided burnt offerings and peace offerings. And they made it into a pagan celebration. That's, oh yes, mistake number two right there. Yeah. The Lord told Moses, verse 7, Quick, go down the mountain. Your people whom you brought from the land of Egypt have corrupted themselves. How quickly they have turned away from the way I commanded them to live. They have melted down gold and made a calf, and they bowed down and sacrificed to it. They are saying, These are your gods, O Israel, who brought you, who brought you out of the land of Egypt. And the Lord said, I have seen how stubborn and rebellious these people are. Now leave me alone so my fierce anger can blaze against them and I will destroy them. Then I will make you, Moses, 
into a great nation. Think about that. God already was saying, I'm destroying these people right here. Think about that one. They just wait for it. No, yeah, exactly. Didn't even need to wait. Didn't even need to wait until the book of Jeremiah. God was like, I'm going to destroy these people right here. I'm going to make you some new people, Moses. I'm going to bring you some new people who are going to actually listen to you and to me. But check out the compassion of Moses. Check out what Moses said in verse 11. But Moses tried to pacify the Lord his God. He said, O Lord, why are you so angry with your own people who you brought up from the land of Egypt with such great power and such a strong hand? Why let the Egyptians say their God rescued them with evil intention of slaughtering them in the mountains and wiping them from the face of the earth? Turn away from your fierce anger, he says. Change your mind about this terrible disaster you have threatened against your people. Remember your servants Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. You bound yourself with an oath to them, saying, I will make your descendants as numerous as the stars of heaven, and will give them all of this land that I have promised to your descendants, and they will possess it forever. So the Lord changed his mind about the terrible disaster he had threatened to bring on his people now. For me, for me, I believe that this was God testing Moses. I believe this was God saying, let me see what Moses says about this. And I believe that that's why he said it to Moses. But, I mean, it's possible that the Lord changes his mind, but I don't believe so. I don't believe, you know, when God plans something, he's going to change his mind. I don't believe that. But I do believe that he just said this to Moses as a test. I believe he said this to Moses as to see what Moses said to see if he would destroy them for real or if he would, you know, calm down or like he just did say to God and remind God about why he took them out of Egypt in the first place. But think about this. We're talking about we're talking about God's jealousy. God is so jealous, ladies and gentlemen, that he will literally destroy somebody. It sounds harsh. It, it really does. It sounds harsh. It sounds like a bad God, but really it's not. Really, God is a good God. He continues to be a good God. But he's, his jealousy, his jealousy, ladies and gentlemen, goes to a distance, goes to a distance. He sees today what we are doing against him, but yet still has so much mercy on us. I believe it's because Jesus reminds him don't be so angry, just like Moses just reminded him. Don't be so angry with these people that you just saved. I believe Jesus says to him, don't be so angry. I know, it, I know it's hurtful to see, but these are the people I saved with my blood. I believe that Jesus says that to, him, to God sometimes, to his father sometimes. These are the people I saved with my blood. You don't want to, you know, go against your word. You can't go against your word by destroying the world now. Right. God's mercy towards us 
in a sense, is thanks to Jesus. In one sense, I believe. Now, don't get me twisted. You can always, you know, I don't have to be right. This is just my opinion. This is what I believe uh, um, for my for my own belief, you know. You don't have to agree with me, you know. But um, this is what I believe. This is my thought, if you will. That's what this program is all about. My thoughts on what the Bible is saying, what the Word of God is saying. So, that's another example, ladies and gentlemen, of Israel going against God. Another example of Israel going against the Word of God by making images, by making idols. Today, we have idols. Today, what is our idols? What are our idols, Brother James? (laughs) Celebrities. Cars, houses, smartphones, <laughs> smartphones, jewelry, just Money. near everything. Anything that can catch the natural eyes. Oh yes, being idolized nowadays, and it's just uh, in a way, it's it's just disappointing to see how easy. Manipulation can grab people. Oh yes. So much that they completely forget that they even believe in God. Oh yeah. And so then when they start to they start to get the they start to get the wrath of God, and all of a sudden it kind of shakes their senses, and now they want to know, well, God, why are you so angry at me? What, what have I, what have I done wrong to deserve this? And it's basically God's response is to just like look around. Do you see what you are doing? Mm-hmm. What you're doing is completely opposite of what I have shown you from the beginning of time. And and now that you've you've allowed yourself to be you've allowed yourself to be materialistically manipulated by the very hand of temptation itself Amen. so much that you've let your own guard down to the point that just about anything could throw you off track and make you not even not even recognize that God is supposed to be first in everything you do. That's right. And That's so, right. And and so my 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 opinion, as as you said, it's just opinions. But my opinion is that we we generally have to we have to maintain a very strong character manipulation mm-hmm. because manipulation by itself is one powerful subject alone but when you begin to combine the manipulation with temptation 
and then you basically just opened up all the windows and doorways for the enemy to completely circle you and not only not only blind you but completely leave you defenseless amen and so my my thing is that think it's not strange when the pressure of God is on top of you mm-hmm. because the reason the pressure is strong on top of us is because from the beginning of time, before we were even born, God already saw potential in us. Mm-hmm. And he knew that once we hit the world, temptation is coming straight for us because we're fresh blood. Amen. And so we now become we now become food for the predators. But what you have to understand is that eventually the food becomes the hunter. So Amen. we're no longer being hunted. We now turn ourselves around and we now we start to build or rebuild the character that God wants us to be and we use the potential that God gives us to use to fight back. Amen. I like it. <laughs> <laughs> Amen. But you are absolutely right, though. Manipulation is is one of the key, uh, one of the key, you know, how should I put this? The key um, items that 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 the devil uses really to try to to try to make you like something, to try to make you, you know. Put something before or ahead of God. Put something before God's attention. Amen. And and that's that's the problem, really. Is that that's the problem, really? If you think about it, the problem, ladies and gentlemen, is the fact that we let these things manipulate us by. Grabbing our attention and grabbing our full attention, whether it be smartphones, whether it be jewelry, like like Brother James says, whether it be cars, wives, you know, sex. Today, sex is a big one. It is a big one, and 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 you know, it's 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 bad to say that, but it's gotten so messed up. It's gotten so bad to the point where. You know, teenagers and 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 ten year olds and twelve year olds these days want to try it as well, and that be, that makes it become a an idol, you know. And that's what that's where you know the porn industry comes in, and that's where all these you know all these fire and all these uh, keys of the devil and all these tools of the devil come in. And that becomes an addiction which becomes our idol. Whatever we allow, ladies and gentlemen, to become an addiction, the addiction is our idol. It's not the addiction to cigarettes. And and, and this is where people go, you know, this is where it goes way off, exactly. It's not so much 
you're addicted to cigarettes or you're addicted to alcohol, you're addicted to porn, you're addicted to sex, whatever the case may be. It's the word addiction. Addiction becomes your idol. When you're addicted, that means you can't get off of something. You can't, you know, stop doing something. You know, you can't, you can't. It, it takes over you. It takes you over. And whatever takes you over and it's, and you, you know, praise it and worship it and, and, and listen to it before God, that is your idol. That is your God. Addiction becomes your God. Addiction becomes your idol. That, ladies and gentlemen, is why it's, it's, it's better, even though, because we talked about this like last week and I think the week before as well. Our flesh, ladies and gentlemen, our flesh is what's going to cause us to say, oh, I want that. Our flesh is always going to want the worldly things. Our flesh is always going to want the addiction. And when we get that addiction, when we put our addiction before God, then really, it's not... Really, our flesh becomes our idol. Our selves become our idol. Right. So, in a way, I kind of said it wrong. It's not so much addiction that becomes our idol. It's it's our flesh that becomes our idol. Our own flesh, our own bodies become our God because we, we listen to our flesh more than we listen to God. Go ahead. You were saying, Brother James? I was gonna say, um, in a in a sense, um, you're 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 kind of right. I mean, the addiction becomes our idol, but the way you were trying to put it together, and I think this may make more sense, is that our our flesh sees the addiction. Yes. And so we then let our flesh lead us. To the addiction, Amen. and the addiction becomes so hooked that it becomes an idol. Amen. That's right. And here, here's another thing that we might as well admit, since we're talking about flesh and idols, we might as well just go ahead and admit that the devil and all his little enemies have a process. Amen. And it's a three-step process that nobody is willing to admit exist and it's the it's it's sad and it's shocking that no one is even willing to mention this very important three-step process so here's the three-step process for enemy and for the devil and all his and enemies so step one is the manipulation. Yes, sir. The enemy figures if we can constantly show it to you over and over and over in little quick glimpses, eventually you'll get hooked. Amen. That's right. And once you're once you're hooked to the manipulation, it then starts to pull you in. So now step two is taking place. So step two is temptation. So now temptation is pulling you in even more closer, and you don't notice it because manipulation has already brainwashed your eyes and brain cells to think like, oh, this looks good. I'm just going to keep following the trail. 
Oh my goodness. And so now temptation is completely taking over. That's right. And what what does temptation lead to? Temptation leads to step three, which is persuasion. And once temptation takes full effect, the persuasion now reprograms you like a robot. Amen. And starts to put all this new stuff into your mind, like, yeah, this is so much better than the kingdom of Jesus. This is this is way much better than sitting in church for two hours listening to Pastor Johnson talk about the the, the blood of the Lamb and the altar of Christ. Yes, and, sir. And, and right. the bright morning star that that we all should follow or have been taught to follow as kids. Yes, sir. You're and, correct. And, and so now, so now the 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 church basically takes takes a hit from this because now people that were once in the church are now going against the church. Amen. Now the church is having trouble fighting back because now there's unknown enemies sitting within the congregation every single Sunday. Oh, I'm talking to somebody. I know that's they're, right. They're, they're sitting right next to you every single Sunday, and no one has been able to pinpoint them because they leave so quick after service ends. So you don't have a time to stop them. Amen. You're correct. Ah, see, that's the trick. Once you pinpoint them, you then know how to cut them off before they can leave because that's where the church is falling behind is that the church knows how to face everything outside the doors. But once it gets inside the church, it's, it doesn't know where the secret attacks are coming from. Mm-hmm. Now, now I, I, will, I will give the church credit because the church is due credit. Now, yeah. the church can handle its own battles. What I'm saying is that the congregation in the church need to continue to work together as one unit That's right. to stop the secret attacks. Amen. So what needs to happen within the congregation within the congregation now? The congregation needs to team up, set up two teams to work on opposite sides of the church, and you divide and conquer the enemies that have made their way inside. That's right. Mm. That's right. That's a good way to put it. Let, let's just let's just let that soak in for a little bit. Amen. And 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 I be, I I completely agree with you, brother James. I really do. I completely agree with you. The fact that we as as a church, we as the congregation, ladies and gentlemen, need to come together. That and that is on the only thing that's gonna that's gonna destroy. The enemy's plans. The 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 only thing that this that's going to destroy the plans of of the demons and of temptation and of everything that takes us over. Everything that takes the only thing that can stop idolatry is when is is when we focus and when we focus on what on what God is talking about. God says, "Don't." make any idols but that doesn't mean ladies and gentlemen that idols are not going to try to chase after you oh no they're going to constantly do that oh yes oh yes god does god says don't make any idols and don't put 
any, don't worship any other gods besides him, it says. That's the first commandment. Do not worship any other god. That includes you, yourself, and you. (laughs) (laughs) You, yourself, and you. That means your flesh, ladies and gentlemen. Me, myself, and I. Exactly. You, when, you, when we focus on me, myself, and I as a whole, when we focus on just us, just me, just me, just me, 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 then that unity can't come in. That unity to try to, to, try to destroy the enemy's plans can't come in. We have to unite with the rest of the congregation, with the rest of the church, with the rest of the churches around us, because that's another thing. That's another thing. When we are one unit as a Christian whole, when Christians come together, when the church of God comes together, that's when the enemy, that's when the devil, that's when the devil and his demons tremble in fear. Because they know they can't handle so many people of God against them. No, because they thrive on isolation. Exactly. Exactly. They thrive on isolation. They thrive on division. They thrive on, on you know, on things, isolation. Be- on isolation, on anything else that's not unity. Anything else that's, you know, only me and not you. Only me and not him. Only me and not her. That is what the what the enemy thrives on, ladies and gentlemen. That's what we got to not let the enemy come in with. Once we destroy, once we destroy that me, myself, and I focus, then the rest becomes history. The rest becomes easy because that temptation can no longer come in. Because once we once we feel that temptation, we can automatically just go with our fellow church member or we can, you know, have a prayer unit and pray and fight against temptation, fight against manipulation, and the rest of it just becomes a thing of the past. As simple as that. As simple as that. That's where God wants us, is to be united and to 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 be united and to become as one whole body of Christ. One whole body of Christ, and that will lead us, that will take away the spirit of temptation, the spirit of manipulation, the spirit of idolatry, the spirit of adultery. That will be destroyed, because they can't come in to a church and to a person that's full of God, and that when when push comes to shove, as they say, when push comes to shove, the first thing they seek is another person for prayer, another person to help with prayer, another, you know, a whole, a whole, as Brother James says, a whole team of prayer warriors, a whole team or more than one team of prayer warriors, one praying against manipulation, the other praying against temptation, the other praying against the third thing. <laughs> I forgot. <laughs> <laughs> but you get it. You guys get it. You're absolutely right. You guys get it. So that's our weapon. That's that's our weapon. Not to not to divide us, ladies and gentlemen, 
when brother james, when brother james says divide and conquer he didn't mean us he meant coming to more than one team coming to the church as a whole as a unit as one unit as one right, unit I, no longer me 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 myself and i me myself and just me when we come together ladies and gentlemen that can bring ladies and gentlemen um 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 Weapons against temptation, weapons against manipulation, especially when we come together as of prayer warriors. Woo, buddy. When the, when the devil sees a whole unit of a church praying, oh man, the, uh, the devil's shaking his boots. <laughs> the boots, he's making run for the hills at that uh, point. No, that's right. The devil cannot bear to listen or to even hear a whole church as one come together and pray. This is where, ladies and gentlemen, where we can't let the devil, you know, allow us to hate each other. Because, again, what we just said, the devil thrives on isolation. The devil thrives and his demons thrive on division. Divide and conquer. That's their that's their strategy against the church. But we need to use it as our strategy against them, against the devil and his demons. Their strategy is divide and conquer, but we need to take their strategy and use it against them. Take their medicine and use it against them. Yes, give them a taste of their own medicine. That's right. Give them a taste of their own medicine. And once yeah, they and taste that cherry-flavored medicine, they ain't going to like it. <laughs> oh, no, cherry, cherry medicine is nasty by itself as it is right now. <laughs> no, that's right. Once oh they God. taste that flavored type of negative Tylenol, <laughs> anti-Tylenol. <laughs> I like it, negative Tylenol. <laughs> once they taste, I should say positive Tylenol. <laughs> Because oh, this one has no side effects. <laughs> <laughs> Look at that. Uh, but uh, but you're, you're actually right, though, and, and thank you for clearing that up. I, I meant to say a divide and conquer strategy for the church. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Uh, I, I, I appreciate you clearing that up. <laughs> yes, sir. Of course. Always, always. Um, but, yeah, that's what we need to do, ladies and gentlemen. And we have about five minutes left. But that's what we need to do, ladies and gentlemen. Divide and conquer. That's our, That should be our strategy, not theirs. We need to stop this hatred against churches, this divin- uh, division against churches. Oh, because that pastor doesn't preach like me. That, pa- that preacher doesn't preach like us. That, you know, no. We need to become as one body of Christ. And come together and defeat the, tempta- the, the, the spirits of temptation, the spirits of manipulation, the spirits of idolatry. Because that is what's going to help. That's what's going to help us come together and defeat that idolatry. Deuteronomy, before we go, I wanted to read this. Deuteronomy um, 4, I believe it was, that I just read. Let's uh, find it again.
But yes, um, it is it is a must, if you will. It is a must to try and destroy that focus, destroy that focus, destroy that those spirits of idolatry and temptation. Because I'm telling you, when the devil uses your flesh against you, when you when when the when the devil and his demons know how to tempt you with something that you're addicted to, I know for a fact and I know from experience, ladies and gentlemen, that's hard by yourself. But when you tell other people that you can trust, that can help you pray, when you tell your pastor, your bishop, your 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 deacon, whoever you trust, ladies and gentlemen, and they help you pray, the Bible says two or more, there's two or more, in his name, God is there. When there is two or more in his name, God is there hearing your prayer, helping and destroying that, that, those spirits, taking those spirits out of you. Trust me, I know from experience. Right. Deuteronomy 4, verse 23, before we go, ladies and gentlemen, um, before we go, I want to read this. It says, this is Moses. This is, well, this, Moses wrote this, as, from what I know. Um, one of the books of Moses of Deuteronomy. Um, it says, so be careful not to break the covenant the Lord your God has made with you. Do not make any idols of any shape or form, for the Lord your God has forbidden this. The Lord your God is a devouring, devouring fire. He is a jealous God. You see, ladies and gentlemen, this is basically God trying again, if you will. He's trying again. God doesn't mind repeating himself. I t I've said this once or twice before. Right. God doesn't mind repeating himself as long as you he, as long as you're going to listen to it that repetition. It says again in Deuteronomy 4 what it said in the 10 commandments, be careful not to break the covenant the Lord your God hath made. Do not make any idols of any shape or form, for the Lord your God is forbidden this. The Lord your God is a devouring fire. He is a jealous God. And praise God for that. Praise God that God is doesn't mind rep rep repetition. He doesn't mind to repeat, you know, and praise God for that because, you know, that means that that shows God's mercy right there. That right there shows God's mercy. The fact that he repeats something the second or the third or the fourth time before he does anything, that shows God's mercy and praise God for that. So we all know that God is a God of love. We, uh, we Everyone knows this. Even those that don't know God knows the Bible says that God is love. That God is love. But here it also says that he is a devouring fire. Another version says that he's a consuming fire. We cannot push God to temptation of wrath. The Bible says it itself. Do not tempt the Lord. Thou shalt not tempt the Lord your God. That's another commandment. It's not one of the ten, but it's another commandment. 
Thou shalt not tempt the Lord your God. And don't tempt him into, into, ladies and gentlemen, to arouse his anger and to, and to raise his anger or his wrath against you. That is a huge no-no. Huge. Huge. Exactly. You do not want to do that for the life of you, I promise. Anyway, so, ladies and gentlemen, this has been God's Jealousy, the season premiere of Christian Thoughts. We are glory to God, as I said, in the season three season premiere. Our third season. Glory to God for that. Our third season of Christian Thoughts, ladies and gentlemen. Today's inspiring word of the day is Isaiah forty twenty eight. It says, Have you never heard? Have you never understood? The Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of all the earth. He never grows weak or weary. No one can measure the depths of his understanding. That is today's inspiring word of the day. The Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of all the earth. He never grows weak or weary. No one can measure the depths of his understanding. A very, very true statement. Very true paragraph there on Isaiah forty twenty-eight. So don't fret, ladies and gentlemen, what this, what this, uh, what this verse is saying is don't worry about anything. Trust in God because He is the creator of all the earth. He is the creator of the universe. So if He's the creator of the universe, He knows who you are, He knows what you're going through, and He knows how to get you out of it. So just trust in Him. Just trust in God, ladies and gentlemen, as simple as that. And do not put any other God besides God because God is a jealous God. My brother James, thank you so much, as always, for helping out with this topic. Yes, sir. My pleasure. Oh, and by the way, ladies and gentlemen, before we forget, before I forget, don't forget that Anchor is now listener-supported. We ask that everyone help out. If this message has blessed you, if this message has blessed your heart, if this message has uh, um, blessed your life, and you want to help it bless others, we encourage and, and we hope that you support our ministry. We hope that you support our podcast. Um, just go to anchor.fm slash jct or click the link below. Click the description below as well. You can also do that if you're on the anchor pod and if you're on the anchor app. Uh, if not, go to anchor.fm slash jct to help out. Isn't that right, Brother James? Yes, sir. <laughs> yes, sir. And we hope you um, become a listener, a, a, a supportive listener. We hope you become a loyal listener as of Christian thoughts. And as always, as we like to say, and as I like to say, may God bless your day, your night, and the rest of your week. And God bless you to you as well, Brother James. Thank you again. Thank you, sir. Same to you. All right. God bless, ladies and gentlemen.